outside the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 395. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host is Derek. You know him in the forum as Deeper3 and he's Deeper384 on Twitter. I'm happy to be here again. NBA 2K14, my career, you are really into it right now. I am uh, absurdly so into it. You uh, sent me over your stats uh, from the playoffs so far. And I saw 40-plus points per game, I want to say 11 to 12 rebounds a game, roughly around 11 to 12, 12 assists per game, three steals per game. You are absolutely dominating. Uh, yeah, I think 42 points, uh, 11, 11.7 boards, uh, 13.8 assists, uh, three steals, and 2.3 blocks. And that is either first or tied for first in all categories. Uh, it's how it goes in my career on the NBA side of things. It gets to a point where you've leveled up your player far enough and you know the tricks of the trade as far as stat padding and whatnot, especially on 12-minute quarters as I've been playing. So, yeah, I'm kind of kind of wrecking the league in the playoffs, though I did lose a game to Jackson Ellis and the Pistons, which was kind of appropriate with him being the rival character in my career, the first my career story. But, uh, yeah, up to the conference finals now where I have a chance to uh, hopefully take down LeBron and the Heat in the uh, 2014 conference finals to uh, to guide the 76ers to their first championship since uh, 1983 pull a spurs and just dominate them in 2014 um no i i i've been watching the highlights because you've been sending them over and uh, that nerland's noel block and then your dunk on the other end and some of your assists and everything i can just tell you're having a blast and like you had stated on like a prior uh podcast you had stated that um you kind of regretted not spending a little bit more time with it uh when it was the current title, but it is nice that you're able to revisit it now and get some enjoyment out of it. And like I, like I said, I can tell you're really into it. So I, th- I think it's pretty cool because the game is, you know, roughly eight years old now. So it's last gen that's pretty- or current gen or <laughs> some prior gen, whatever. And it wanna- still holds up so well though. It does. It like does. from a graphic standpoint and everything lighting and the Jersey movement is actually still better than what it is today. Uh, when it and rips, whatnot, of the course, body types. When it tears, yeah. maybe. But um, no, look, yeah. But I showed you that on two K twenty two, the short tears. Oh, it happens. Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah, it still happens. It, it yeah. just happens with shorts physics, absolutely. No, I, I am enjoying it. Uh, as you said, I, I did kind of neglect two K fourteen back in the day. I, I had my reasons for that. I, I think I've got into it on the prior podcast when we were talking about it, and uh, and a couple of articles as well. I. I was trying to give Live 14 a go. I was a little bit put off by some of the remarks that were made by a few of the developers about, from some of the 2K developers about Live, even though it wasn't necessarily wrong. It came across as very, uh, very unprofessional, and I kind of went into 2K with a bit of a, 2K14, I should say, with a bit of a, I won't say a bad attitude, but I was really looking to maybe nitpick a bit more than I, I wanted. Or I, I was I went into it feeling a bit sour. Sour on the brand, I should say. And, and also, I'd really enjoyed 2K13 and perhaps wasn't ready to move on. And sometimes when you're not ready to move on to the new game, you, you're still hooked on last year's game, not ready to move on. You, you Sometimes you don't have that great first impression because you... Especially with my career, because you're used to having this leveled-up player in last year's game and it, it rockets you right back to the 60 overall or sometimes 55 overall it's been in, in the past iterations of 2K that it doesn't feel as good and that's another funny thing is that, that by hampering the player so much and by focusing on recurrent revenue so much they they kind of give you a bad impression out of the box sometimes with my career which again being the, the primary mode that the most popular mode is kind of a weird thing to do but maybe they are 
expecting people to spend or to get the special edition and upgrade day one. But in any case, yeah, it has been great to go back and and give these games a second look. Uh, it's why I love to do it. It's why you and I love to retro game, to give these games a second look, and you do find that some of them hold up even better than you remember. I think we both kind of felt that with Live 06 and Live 10 at times, and 2K14 for me has definitely been that. So uh, I'm enjoying it. Unfortunately, it's cutting into my 2K22 time, and I am enjoying 2K22, even feeling a bit better about current gen, as I was telling you before we started recording. But uh, I have to finish this season, Derek. I, <laughs> I have to get closure on this season Whoa. and then move on. Yeah, it's unfinished business. I mean, there's a couple things. Uh, first off, it's hard not to argue that 2K13 has better gameplay than 2K14 in several aspects. Uh, I honestly really enjoy the gameplay on NBA 2K13. The the post game seems a little bit better. You know, quicker spins. Um, it has louder dunks. Uh, it's the right stick control, in my opinion, on 2K13 um, is more. There's more options with it. Uh, it, it there's more flashy moves you can do with it. Uh, I feel like there's still a little bit more control with it as well. So anybody that says 2K13 has better gameplay than NBA 2K14, um, you know, PS3 or PS4, I wouldn't argue with them because it is it is a really enjoyable game. NBA 2K13, for their first year with the right stick dribbling, uh, they really nailed it. They did. It was really good. They, they really yeah. Did. As far as um, 2K14, my career, you're talking about building up your player and whatnot. You, you were talking to me about this offline how much better and fair the my career progression system is in 2k14 and it's unfortunate that we've fallen so far from that oh undoubtedly i do have a monday tip-off coming out next week that we'll be going into this in detail but the it's a staggering amount of vc the difference between vc that it costs to get to now I'm at 87 overall. When I wrote the article, I was at 86. So I, I will leave the calculations at, at, uh, at that in the article. But or more than three times as much VC is what it takes now to get to around about the same overall level. And of course, that's not even going into having the right fit, the right clothes, so that you have the right look for the playground, so that you actually get a game. Of course, now they do have that matchmaking in next gen, the, the matchmaking buildings. But if you're still going that regular got next in the playground, or if you're on current gen that doesn't have that, you need to outfit your player in the right way so that people don't think you're a scrub or a newbie. So there's a lot of VC that you have to earn or indeed buy these days. And it's more than three times the amount of what it was in 2K14. As I go into in the article, you can see how the culture has changed with that shift to the online scene. Of course, 2K14 was the debut of what was then the park. It's also been my park and playground. It's gone by a few names over the years. Playground, I believe the, the current name they're still going with in the city and the neighborhood alike, or the uh, Concha del Mar, the cruise ship <laughs> current gen this year. But yeah, it, it's just changed so much having to outfit the player as well. It's not just a cosmetic thing. Well, it, it is, but if you want to get those games, you do need to have the right look. Talked about that so many times before. Just so much VC that you need these days, and you can see how much that's changed, how much more aggressive they've gotten as far as pushing the microtransactions and pushing you into spending and, and frustrating you. And of course, if you are going to be playing online because that's just increased in popularity, you need to uh, need to get better much quicker. Whereas in 2K14, you can it's if you're just focusing on the NBA side of things, which of course you can only do now with the servers offline, you can go at your own pace. So you can see the way those tricks have been employed and how it's just gotten so much pushier and expensive over the years. What would you say is your most enjoyable, the most enjoyable aspect of revisiting NBA 2K14 so far from a gameplay standpoint? Because I'm getting all of these highlights from you. I'm getting assists. I'm getting, you know, assist alley-oops. I'm getting 
um, blocks, uh, getting uh, all these different, you know, scores, dunks, all of this stuff. What would you say from a gameplay perspective is the most enjoyable? You know, it sounds cliche, but feel. It feels good on the sticks. It feels nice and loose. Not too loose. Uh, well, maybe a little bit too loose. I, as I've said before, some of the movements are a little bit exaggerated in that first eco motion, uh, iter- first iteration of eco motion, I should say, but not loose to the point of completely unplayable. Uh, that was kind of my impression back in the day. Now that I've actually gotten used to it, I'm, oh no, this is actually uh, much better than I thought. But I do love the satisfaction of the uh, of poking the ball loose and chasing down the loose ball. It doesn't feel as canned. These days, it feels like the ball is on a string being magnetized into the CPU's hand so often. Still does happen in 2K14 as well, because the CPU does have a bit of an advantage. That's how it, <laughs> how it remains competitive. But I just love how there's a bit more of an organic feel in 2K14. And, and the dunks uh, just feel very satisfying. Uh, and and, the, and Whether it's your teammate doing it or whether you're performing it in my career... But I really do enjoy the gameplay. The one thing I don't like, however, is how easy it was to get turnovers. It is way easier to get turnovers than in more recent games. It is nuts, isn't it? Like, you'll make a pass, and the it, there's nobody in the passing lane. Uh, and it feels like the defender is just way out of position. And all of a sudden, he'll transfer to the ball. Yep. And get a steal, and you're like, uh, this doesn't make any sense. Or you'll try to throw a pass into the post, or swing to the other side of the floor. And instead of your player making the appropriate pass, um, he just like throws it to the computer. <laughs> like it's really odd. Like instead of like throwing it over the top to the, to the recipient, um, you know, lobbing the pass the way it should be. It's just like a straight fire pass that goes right into the computer's hands. Um, it is. And, yeah. So I agree. There's a lot, body steals a lot of can turnovers in that game. There are and yeah. body steals as well out of control. Yep. Uh, even more so. Yep, than, no, I, mean, I mean, that's still an issue today, don't get me wrong. That, that continues to be a legacy issue in 2K, but 2K14, sometimes, I mean, that's where it can get a bit too loose. But at the same time, when it feels good and organic, it's a good kind of loose. There's a bad kind of loose as well, but a, a very good, uh, you know, good kind of loose with the, uh, with the feel on the I think this stick. is why we like, two, would you agree that I think this is why we like 2K17 so much? Because it cleaned up on a lot of this. It wasn't like the exaggerated movement, um, like that introduction to eco motion, like you just said. Um, it wasn't that exaggerated movement. The movement made sense. Uh, it had better foot planning. Like the dribbling, it wasn't so exaggerated on 2K17. Um, there was just really good feel to it. Uh, the passing was more reactive. Um, blocking shots and going for steals was um, a little bit more rewarding, in my opinion, even on 2K17. I think I think 2K17 is a, one of our favorites because of the control that we had with it i'd agree with uh, that. i'd agree with that and, and the shooting mechanics yeah. as well that is something that bothers me about 2k14 is it, it's it's pretty, it's pretty shot meter so there's so many times they'll have a wide open shot where the shot feedback says excellent release excellent shot and it bricks off the side of the rim and i'm thinking well i did everything right and that is the problem with that system green releases have their own problem in that they can be make the game predictable and whatnot. But the old system, you could do everything right and still get that bad result on a bad dice roll more often than you should. And oddly, the the more I've upped my ratings, the worse I've shot from three. Or maybe I'm just getting so too overconfident with <laughs> with taking them. That could be a, a psychological thing. I often wonder sometimes about things like that, whether the ratings when they go up and you, you get a bit too uh, a bit too cocky with them especially in my career, that you that you take a few more shots that you wouldn't and end up uh, shooting uh, more poorly with it. But it's kind of an interesting thing that I've noticed there. But 
the grading logic's not as good in my career. The teammate grade logic isn't as good as, as later games. So there are definitely issues. But it was a good start, a very strong start indeed, to that generation. Stronger than I gave it credit for, although it does have drawbacks in the gameplay, in the modes. And it was, we could kind of see that beginning of what they would what they would go on to do with the microtransactions. But it was still so NBA-oriented and so focused and, and not too pushy just yet that I, I really have appreciated that. And I, I, I appreciate the, those, um, that generation of 2Ks even more because I was trying to split my time with NBA Live back then and maybe didn't spend as much time with it when I, now that I've only got the one game or the luxury to play any game I, I want and, and only one new game every year. Uh, as much as that's, as that's a, a downer from the lack of competition, it, it does give you more time to, uh, to, to sink into a game. I will say this. I don't use the shot meter, um, as you know, but I can still obviously appreciate when shooting is improved and can notice it based on um, how the animations play out, right? Well, it's the so, same, like, same mechanics in, in on the board. In 2K14, the, 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 sh- the shooting feels, um, for next-gen, by the way, I, as in um, next-gen, for the PS4 version. Eighth-gen or whatever it is, uh, yeah. Not the not the PS3 version because I feel like the shooting is a little bit better on the PS3 version, but on the PS4 version, the shooting just feels a little bit rushed sometimes. And it, the release point isn't consistent. Um, like when you should be releasing the ball and whatnot. And what's funny is actually, I noticed that with 2k 22, you know, for anybody who plays 2k 22 on, on next gen, when you one inconsistency that I figured out, as you've noticed, because I've shown a lot of highlights with it, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's um, Abdul-Jabbar's full hook is like his sky hook. So you have to do you the, the way to do that hook is you push the joystick. I play on camera relative, so you push the um, joystick towards the hoop without turbo, and I believe without turbo, and he'll do the um, the sky hook. But you have to release the joystick while the ball is still at his waist. It's really weird. Like, it's not at the top of the release of the skyhook. Um, it's not even close to the top of it. You have to release it incredibly early. And I make hooks constantly with him on Hall of Fame because I've um, mastered it. But it's one of those things, right, where you'd expect it to be released at the top, but it's released, like, at his waist. Um, that is as interesting. Far as, like, when you yeah, because it, it, it goes against jump shots as well because that is usually the release point for jump shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, anyway, with, with 2K14, the shooting isn't as strong as it was in, you know, like 2K17. It's not as strong as it is in 2K22. Actually, I actually enjoy the shooting overall in 2K22, which I mentioned on the prior podcast, both on um, current gen and next gen. But no, it's been good that you've been spending that time with it. You and I, which I thought this was really cool. Yeah, we, we did um, revisit Super Dunk Shot. And we made a video, and that's on the NLSC channel. For those who don't know, Super Dunk Shot is just another version of NCAA basketball. Yes, um, yes, the the Super, uh, the Super Famicom version, the Japanese version. Right, um, same gameplay and everything. So we were able to do that, but I thought it was more fun playing NBA courtside and the original one because there's. People think that a lot of stuff in the newer games has never been thought of before. Like, oh my god, look how cool these cutscenes are when somebody goes up for like a big dunk or whatever. How about those cutscenes in NBA Courtside? All the camera cuts like to the baseline. Go, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's the cut the cuts to the baseline or the cuts under the hoop and whatnot during gameplay when you go up for a big dunk or or whatnot. And you know, 
a lot of these ideas that kids think are new today, those were being done 20 plus years ago. And I thought that was re- a really cool touch by NBA courtside. And that game still plays well. It does. I mean, look, I would rank uh, NBA Live 98 ahead of it. I would rank uh, NBA Action slash Fast Break 98 ahead of it too in o- overall depth, especially with the season modes. And Live 98 has the best season mode of uh, any of the three. What was the other game? The NBA in the Zone 98. I, I would still give uh, probably EA the-, the nod that year, Live still being king at the time. But courtside, and it came very late in the season. In fact, the PAL version came out in June that year. So basically when the finals were happening. So it was a very late release. And it's probably why it didn't do as well, because the, the 98 season was almost over, although then it gave somebody some gave everybody something to play with while they were waiting for the new games in the in the off season, of course, extended off season with the lockout that year, naturally. But but like you say, a lot of things that were quite uh, innovative for the time, the the sprint meter that also depletes with the with the dribbling moves and, and trying to attempt steals, uh, that's something that has been has become standard in games these days. You know, the other thing too is um you hosted. I did, yes, yeah, because I, I have updated to Windows 10 as I mentioned last week, and we've been trying some more, uh, some more sessions with me hosting, and I'm surprised how well it works, given that my upload speed is not anywhere near yours. Yeah, it's, it just shows how good that program is, in my opinion. Um, the functionality of Parsec is just top notch. Uh, you know, you live in Australia, and I'm on the other side of the world, and you're hosting from Australia. You're hosting me, and. Um, I had minimal lag. Um, I was still able to enjoy the game. Um, as you saw, grabbing rebounds and throwing full court passes and, and automatically catching and going up for a dunk. There wasn't um, a delay from me or anything like that. Uh, I was able to shoot jump shots. I hit a couple of threes on you with Matt Maloney. Um, I wish he had done that in game six of the 1997 Western Conference Finals versus mm. the Jazz, but he didn't. But no, it was nice. It was nice revisiting that. And it's just another reminder um, that you can go back 20 plus years and just still really get some enjoyment out of, out of those games. Like some of the, the, the games hold up in many ways from a fun factor. Standpoint. I mean, we, we certainly can. We, we are odd in that way, but I say that with affection because I think we, uh, I think it's, it's fortunate that we can do that and get the, that enjoyment out of those old games. And we, it's uh, certainly even more fun, greater novelty to do it across, <laughs> across the globe as we've been doing. Kobe Bryant NBA courtside, solid, um, I have covered it before for Wayback Wednesday. You can go back and check that out. It was a video, one of my video retrospectives, actually. It does have possibly at least one of the worst free-throw shooting mechanics I've ever seen in a basketball game. I still don't understand it. I don't understand how to shoot it. We didn't make one free-throw that entire game. I have no idea Yeah, I mean, supposed I, to I should have looked up the manual, I suppose. Paulson looked up the manual um, on, online. I think it's hold it and then release it as it passes the rim. But it wasn't really working. I tried that, and it, yeah, it, it didn't work. Or press, press, um, press once and press again. It, it rivals, it rivals um, the early NBA 2Ks with the bumper adjusting. I still think throws. that's the worst. For me, that's still the worst. That was completely <laughs> illogical. Was, we were playing NBA 2K, Andrew and I, the original. And um, <laughs> he's trying to figure out the bumpers. And you did it for the first like four or five free throws, and you just you just couldn't figure it out. One bumper was in the middle, like one green arrow was in the middle, the other was all the way to the left or whatever. And then you just said "f it," yeah. And you just started just right when you went up to the line, you would just shoot right away and just let it brick. Uh, <laughs> Let's see if I get the rebound. I could some frustration with it. I mean, and of course, I had the added disadvantage of a bit of lag. You put a little, little bit of input lag playing it over Parsec. Playing locally, I might have figured out a little bit better, but. 
it's still my least favorite one. But my favorite ones are still your old school T meter from NBA Live and similar systems as well. Uh, the actually the the aiming system from Two K Seventeen I really enjoyed was it was a really good system. And yeah, I mean like hold, hold shoot and and release it and get a green release. It it still works. The, the current method is, is okay, but yeah, I'm still a fan of the T meter. Yeah, I, I think the the T meter is super classic. Um, I like the way it works now. I like how it, it makes sense for release timing uh, and whatnot. Some people put it on real um, real player free throw percentage, um, and they do that uh, because that's still an option and whatnot. I did want to bring something up too before we move on to like the main topic. So you're playing NBA 2K14, my career, and whatnot. How would you feel if all of a sudden you turned it on? turned on nba 2k14 and it said it was corrupted and it was gone i mean i i've had that with 2k17 my career towards the end when the uh when the servers were shut down unfortunately i felt very bummed that i couldn't convert an online save into an offline save as it's supposed to happen because i didn't wasn't able to download the required content anymore because of the servers being offline and it seems that that was an issue after the latest 2k22 patch for next gen yeah exactly and that's why i brought it up i know you know how upset i was if it was just my content, if it was just like a season that like a my NBA that I started or my 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 team data or or whatever, like if it was just impacting me, I would be like, this sucks, but it's only impacting me. But this is a my NBA that I've been putting out the highlights for and whatnot, too, that my brother and I have uh, my brother, Nick, and we're over 30 games into it, 12 minute quarters. So think about how much time spent playing. I mean, these are full 48-minute games. We take highlights from every game. Um, we've been super excited to jump on and, and continue that my NBA. So it impacted him. And anything that impacts my brothers, um, there's just like an extra layer of frustration and whatnot. So this is what happened. So I booted up NBA 2K22 a couple days ago on my Xbox Series X, and it went right into an update. And so it did its whole thing. And immediately after the update, it said, your save files are corrupted and will be replaced. Your roster descriptions are corrupted and will be replaced. Your save file descriptions, all of that stuff, your profile, all of it um, was corrupted and will be replaced. So I went into the game and all of my saves were missing. All of my rosters, all of my my NBAs, everything. My my team was still there, like my online content and whatnot. So that was good. But that whole that entire season of my brother was missing and it wasn't a situation where you went in and it said like file unknown and then you could like click into it it said like create um new or something like that and i clicked on all of the long bars and that my nba selection you know where they save this have the seasons and it kept making me start a new season so i'm like i can't believe i just lost this i can't believe we just lost this season my brother was a little bit upset about it as well. So I put in a ticket with 2K support. They didn't get back to me. But the next day, another update went through. And so it did its whole thing when I put on the game. And I went into my NBA. And instead of saying create new, it says file unknown for my saves. So then I clicked on the one that's the furthest to the right, which would be the most recent save. And boom, our season was still there. So that's good. And we played a couple games on it last night. But what a weird thing. And I think I told you this. One of the things that frustrates me about that is they make so many updates to these games now. And almost all of the updates have to do with the online scene, right? But because those online scenes, the, the online scene 
gameplay and updates and all of that stuff because that is part also of the base game uh those updates can affect the base game and that's why i hate updates so many updates because it can ruin data and corrupt data i mean that's so fortunate again that's over 30 hours basically which last week i think you said you played about 75 78 hours 2k22 next gen at that time i was at 70 hours between our my nba um our play now games and my in the in in my team so about half the time you've spent with the game on that save so that's a a significant amount of time that you've been spending and enjoying it so to lose it absolutely i remember you saying I, i don't really feel like playing anymore can't blame you at all for that and it's it's so fortunate and i was glad to hear that it did resolve itself i i was throwing out a few suggestions about cloud saves i'm glad that you didn't uh at the, at the end of the day that you didn't uh, try anything that maybe would have ended up messing up those saves that, but then they have come back so that's that's something at least but but you are right and i've noticed over the years that people's saves have gone missing corrupted my I, i've been very lucky knock on wood that i've not lost a my player or my career save to an update yet because uh, a lot of people have had bad luck with that so I've been, I guess I've been quite lucky with that, um, or, or my team progress or anything uh, of that nature. I feel like with some of the updates over the past generation, I've lost rosters that I've saved because sometimes I've saved rosters that I've just, I've had an idea for a roster project that obviously hasn't come to fruition, but I've kept a save aside to perhaps work on it at some point. And I've come back later after the patch and it's completely gone. And one of the reasons that, that really bugs me is that I've had an idea to release a roster, basically an official roster with the for 2K17, with the college teams unlocked. But I don't have a save from the time that's compatible with the uh, cheat engine tables that would allow me to do that, as you know, because you showed me how to do it and, and uh, told me all about the process over Parsec, as it happens. So I'm sure that I've had a save at some point that's been deleted, I swore I could have sworn that I saved one around about that time that that patch 106 for 2K17 came out, and now it's gone. So that is something that we're seeing saves or data files getting corrupted by patches, and it's something that we we didn't really have to worry about years ago. But now they're pushing through so many updates, and and sometimes that's for the best as for what as far as what they're fixing, but it's what they break, and that's the problem. Yeah, I'll be sending you a roster file. I can't believe I forgot about that. Uh, we did that a couple months ago. Uh, we were searching. Um you know, what possibilities you had as far as unlocking those teams for 2K17. I'll send you a roster file, but I do want to make, make it known too, that I'm not crazy and I'm not the, and I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm not the only one that went through that missing file situation, um, excuse me, corrupt file situation on 2K22. As you saw, there were a few people replying to me and said that they had that happen to them. Indeed. And that for the update, it, um, it corrupted their saves. Now I hope those people got their saves back. Like I did. Um, I haven't heard them say one way or the other, but uh, I am glad that we still have it. And um, I just hope it doesn't happen again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the further we get on, um, go through the uh, my NBA and whatnot. Definitely. And it, it's one of those things where it's hard to back up because it, uh, especially on, on console. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I prefer PC, um, but if I'm being completely honest, I enjoy the next gen gameplay more than the PC gameplay this year. For NBA 2K, uh, the player movement makes more sense. Um, it's not as frustrating of an experience on Next Gen for me. So we're going to be spending a lot more time with the Next Gen version well, of where, 2K22, it, the PC version. It's where the attention got, went this year. 
as we've said before, which is not surprising. So it, it's definitely the superior version. And it, it's a shame that the current-gen version is... Because we're kind of at that point where back in the day, look, if you're on PS2, you understood that the PS1 version was the lower priority and didn't have as much because it was pretty much tapped out. But the PS4 and PS5 or Xbox One, Xbox Series X, slash S, is... Although there are improvements, obviously technological improvements, on the new consoles that, that allow for new things with gaming obviously it's not as big of a jump as previous generations of consoles like going from 16-bit to to playstation 1 or playstation 2 for example or, or around about that time was making some really big leaps really noticeable leaps year to year or, or generation to generation i should say so i mean if you had the super nintendo version of nba live 98 you wouldn't expect to have the the same innovations and 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 3D faces that you had on PC or even PlayStation on Super Nintendo. But now you're still expecting... PS4 is still pretty advanced. P- I mean, even comparing PS4 to PS5 and, and, and Xbox to Xbox, it's not like comparing original Nintendo yeah. to Super Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, when you go from like NBA 2K5 to 2K6, so like 2K5 from PS2 era to Xbox 360 era, I mean, you notice the difference. Exactly. There is a huge jump. I mean, a huge jump. So yeah, no, I agree with that. You know... It's ridiculous because I play games like Monster Hunter World and, um, you know, my brother plays Horizon Zero Dawn and there's these uh, remnant from the ashes. Um, There's all these PS4 um, and Xbox One titles that look better than games I've seen for for next gen. And from a gameplay perspective um, and a performance perspective, those games are also great on PS4 and Xbox One. So I agree. I, I don't. The, the jump is very small, um, and I don't blame anybody for sticking with PS4 and Xbox One consoles for a few reasons. One, um, there's not a lot of new games anyway for next-gen. Two, the price point um, for the new systems for that, that minor upgrade. And three, you just have such a great selection of games. You know what I mean? for ps4 xbox one that from a graphical and gameplay standpoint are some of the best ever made so yeah i i agree i don't think it's a big jump but if for 2k22 um for what i'm trying to get into remember i said i wanted to get into my team and i said i wanted to do legend seasons with my brother um 2k22 fits the bill on next gen it, uh, it is but, but that, i understand why people aren't as happy about no, no, less innovations on on current gen, prior gen, whatever. Back in the day, it felt more acceptable because the console was so outdated and, and outmatched by the the new console, the new generation. That's less of a case. Um, speaking of my team, uh, before we started recording, you were checking some things out, um, and it, it goes to show that sometimes there's perhaps not enough onboarding for my team and some of the modes in 2K. They kind of expect you to. I mean, there is a notification to go into the season to collect the rewards, but it's kind of. Uh, ambiguous and it doesn't say when you try to unlock the auction house it doesn't say the exact you must collect 30 cards because i had to look that up first because i was i I saw got that message about you must complete objectives and okay what objectives and then realized that okay they've redone the layout of the challenges menu this year and then i've now i've seen okay it makes sense enough i suppose but uh yeah you, you you went in there before we started recording and you uh you got a lot of goodies a ton yeah so it doesn't say the unlock 30 cards thing. Basically what happens is you go into, into um, the auction house when you first get into my team and it just says go into the se- season mode in order to unlock 
the auction house. That's basically what it says. It doesn't give you any details or anything like that. But when I spoke with you, you had said that I had to unlock 30 cards in order to unlock the auction house. Well, of course I had done that because I bought the elevated edition number one and number two, I bought a 10 pack set with my VC and whatnot. And I completed the entire Atlantic division challenges on domination. So I knew I had enough cards, um, but yeah, I went into the season mode. Um, I ended up getting a, a good young Kobe Bryant card, uh, some other goodies. Um, I'm more excited actually about the Keith Van Horn that I got from the Nets challenge than I am the Kobe because Keith Van Horn was a video game legend from the past. And I'm going to insert him probably in my all-star lineup and try to go to town with Keith Van Horn, or maybe I'll just put him in the rookie or pro challenges just to let him dominate. And you'll see those highlights as well, but no, I got a lot of goodies. Um, I, I can still see the gambling mechanics aspect of it and the flashy presentation that tries to get you like hypnotized <laughs> and whatnot. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, I went into the auction house and I got a Michael Jordan, an 85 overall Jordan, a graded Jordan, um, and I'll put him in the lineup right now on my all-star team. So, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying my team. Like I said, I've, I've completed the Atlantic division. I'm going to move on to a division. Uh, I don't know which one I'm going to choose uh, later today. I might just finish the Eastern Conference and whatnot. Uh, I think the gameplay... Is pretty fun overall. Uh, there's not as much annoyance as there is when you're playing on like the Hall of Fame and superstar levels as far as the cheese, uh, as far as the um, the OP momentum from the computer that you get, as far as like the, you know, ridiculous constant missed layups and weird on-court happenings that can happen when you play on the hard, harder levels. So no, it's good. I mean, I, I have a lot of players that I like, that I wanted, um, including Daryl Dawkins, um, Julius Irving. Uh, I got Gilbert Arenas in a pack, even though his shooting form is absolutely unrealistic and terrible. It's nice to have Gilbert Arenas as far as like in my um, player selection. So, no, my team's been good. I'm, I told you before 2K22 release that my goal was to get back into my team this year and I'm back in it and I'm not disappointed. So that's a plus. And now, now you know where to get the goodies from when you level up to and level 18, I believe. So you've definitely been putting in the work without, yeah, without, without exactly. knowing it, actually. So. Yeah, this is the lineup I, I want. I, I want the lineup that I always draft on fantasy drafts with my brothers is I do, you know, point guard, Allen Iverson, shooting guard, Clyde Drexler, uh, small forward, uh, Julius Irving, power forward, Sean Kemp, and center, Daryl Dawkins. That is the lineup that I'm going to be seeking out. And it's just a really fun, high-flying, alley-oop, dunking, uh, fast, athletic lineup that I just really enjoy playing in video games. And I think that the way NBA 2K22 plays um, and whatnot, I think that lineup would fit in really well gameplay-wise. So I'm looking forward to trying to get that lineup together. I was actually playing Triple Threat offline, in the PC version earlier, because because my team is another mode that I had a lot of fun with last year, so I'm, I'm looking to get into it this year as, as well. Closer to the season, I am going to start a real uh, rosters my NBA. Uh, I do want to get a, a proper opening night roster before that happens, uh, and just start it again on uh, on next gen towards the beginning of the season. But I've been playing some my team in the uh, in the short term, and I, I, I had, was running with a, a trio of uh, Dominic Wilkins, uh, Larry Nance Senior, and Rex Chapman. And that was a good trio. 
Rex Chapman's good in the game. I like uh, I have him threes, yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. that the uh, the Charlotte really the Charlotte Chapman? Yeah, and he can throw it down too. I had a couple good throwdowns with him. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good lineup too. And Larry Nat Senior is underdone in the game. He's slow. But at the same time, at least you can get some good dunks with him. Um it's, as long it's, as yeah. you can get to the threat. It's not as bad in triple but threat because it's three on three. Like a, yeah, exactly. So it's it's more like the NBA Live nineteen. Um, oh my god, I'm spacing. What is it called again? The oh, um, oh the uh, court battles. Kind of like battles, court yeah, battles. so it's like court Sort of, yeah. yeah. It's fun and you get some extra rewards. It, it's a nice change of pace. I like it as well, but but domination is is definitely a great mode to get into. I, I think you do have to go division by division, starting with the Atlantic and then going central and then southeast. I, I think it's. I think you still have to progress, and and also. Uh, as you know, as we were talking about before in a previous show about uh, going to uh, historic domination, you have to get the 33 stars in current domination before you go into uh, all time or legends. The the next one, yeah. So it's and then they add the dominations through the season as well. So I like that. I like that you have to unlock it. That's the way it should. That's like old school. Like and good. It, and you it have levels to... up. It levels up to a harder challenge. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, so no, before we move on, too, I wanted to get. So you spent a little bit more time with NBA 2K22. And you said that you were enjoying it overall. What, how would you compare it to 2K14 from a gameplay standpoint? And which one would you say you have more fun with? I guess I'm kind of, in a way, 2K14 I'm so into at the moment because I'm so close to finishing a season. So I'm very much hooked on that. And the fact that I was hooked on that and didn't finish the season before 2K22 came out, uh, I was hoping to do that so that I could just make that clean break. So it's it's hard to when I'm on a retro kick, as you know, when I'm on a retro kick, or a real retro kick like Live Ten this year or now Two K fourteen more recently, I'm right into it. So it's one of those things where I've been splitting my time between the two, but I've probably had more fun overall with fourteen because I'm so into this season. But that being said, what I've been playing of Two K twenty two has me wanting to play much more of that. So I will finish the Two K fourteen season, enjoy it, not rush it, but still you know get swiftly through it and be able to put that aside so that I can move on to business fully with 2K22 because I'm getting more used to the shooting, the movement, the defense, um, and they, they haven't made t- too many or if, if any gameplay tweaks really in the rosters or, or patches. For for better or worse, some people are noticing in the my career and connected modes that now that people online are getting more badges, it's starting to lose that balance, which again is why you don't clear a game the best or the worst week one. You wait until see, especially <laughs> especially with the way the online modes, the online connected modes of my career can evolve once people figure out the meta and figure out the badges and get the badges. You start seeing those OP builds and you start seeing where the game can break. So you do have to wait a little bit. But as I understand it, it's people are still really enjoying it. I've uh, I've been enjoying what I've been playing of it so far. Uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into it more, you know, putting a bow on this 2K14 season, finishing up this great retro gaming experience, playing it, running it into the ground, if you will, <laughs> just really getting the getting that sense of closure as I did with Live 10, and then just moving back, back onto 2K22 while still playing it in the meantime. But it'll become the primary game, I think, within the next week or so when I wrap up this season. Uh, yeah, getting used to those mechanics and, again, playing the PC version. Playing the PC version with a properly... Uh, with a fresh, freshly installed Windows 10, so that my, I'm actually getting the full performance of my PC again with a fresh installation of Windows and Windows 10 rather than Windows 7, uh, is actually getting great performance in all my games again. So that's that's also been a factor. <laughs> Go figure. I'm so glad that you actually upgraded, uh, just for selfish reasons, because of Parsec. Um, it was time. And we got to get a 
our yeah it was time uh, our semifinals on nba live 10 the tournament um bb8 tech dad i wanted to bring this up um big supporter of us in the in the podcast and whatnot absolutely had brought after the update that corrupted my files the defense seemed to be as he called it parting the red sea again um just kind of moving out of the way and it just became a free-for-all just like dribbling to the hoop and scoring and whatnot um he told me that after the update that seemed to fix my corruption um my, my save uh, file corruption that it went back to being strong defense again and i thought wh- what he was saying um was maybe he needed to play it a little bit more um but it turns out that a lot of people were corroborating what he said a lot of people were saying that after that update, that quick update, that the defense seemed to be falling apart, right? Um, and then I've then I've seen, like he said, you know, after the newest update, that the defense is back to being good again. So I don't know. I didn't experience any of that because I wasn't playing the game during that that day where this was happening. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if anybody else who listens to the podcast noticed that. I'd be interested. Um, but it seems like they fixed it, and the defense is back to being a little bit stronger again. I, it I think, is strange updates work like that. It is, and of course, tuning fixes do come through with the, the you've got the external patches, for lack of a better word, that come through through the dashboard, the title updates, and then you have some of those tuning fixes that come through the in-game updates. And if you're in a game and it says return to main menu uh, to up, update required, you've got those in-game updates as well. So it's possible that they sent through something that was unintentionally an unintentional tuning fix that broke things. Uh, Desire said that it, nothing had changed, but then people did feel, including BBA Tech, that I did see that tweet that uh, that felt that it had gone back and improved after that update. So maybe something inadvertent happened or they tried something that didn't work out. Uh, we don't get a lot of information about those tuning updates and the tuning fixes. I mean, it's sometimes we're lucky to get detailed patch notes on the full title updates, but we don't usually get a lot. Sometimes Baluba or Desire will mention something on Twitter, I, I do think there should be more transparency there. As, although they are looking to tweak less this year, so I suppose there's theoretically going to be less changes. But I did see a few people noting that, and then noting that it did seem to go back as well. So interesting. I, I wasn't playing at the time. I didn't play uh, that for about 24 hours. There, I was kind of waiting to see if a new fix came through. After you mentioned that you had problems with the corrupted saves, I thought I might not touch the game until I got another until another update came through. But everything does seem to be fine. So. Uh, I, I don't have any first-hand experience, but I did see those tweets as well. Yeah, uh, I will say something because you brought up Desar. Um I do appreciate his elevated activity on Twitter. Um, he's, he's trying to break. Um, he's making tweets about, "Hey, send me any defensive issues that you see, lapses, issues that you see happening in your game. Um, you know, send me gameplay issues related to this. Send me gameplay issues related to that, and I'll see if I can." Um, I can look into it and fix it or tweak it or something like that. Um, that is a welcome site. Um, as how often do we see the developers really diving into taking in feedback on Twitter and the actual gameplay? Um, so I will say that I do appreciate that. I, I think that sometimes the communication isn't always the sharpest based on things like, you know, if you try to bring this up to me, I'm going to block you or something like that. Like, that there's no there's no need for that. Yeah. I, I think the relationship with the community has kind of soured, unfortunately. And, and look, some of that I feel is the way 2Ks approach things. Don't get me wrong, but I also think obviously there has been some toxic people in the community that have not communicated in a in a polite or respectable way with developers, including Desire. Uh, the people that were able to uh, send him send him video that uh, that demonstrated what was it? I think it was a 
something with a defensive lapse, as you said, that he saw the video and said, ah, I know exactly what that is and was able to, to tweak it and, and tune it and fix that up. So that was great. And you know, good on those people for actually giving proper feedback and showing video. This, like, this is exactly what we're talking about. Because a lot of people would just say, fix gameplay, fix your game. Uh, well, it's, it's like a roster maker. If you make a roster and somebody says, fix the ratings, make the roster better, that doesn't tell you anything. It's the same with the developers. And look, we don't need to sugarcoat. We don't need to kiss ass. I've said this before. But there's a there's a huge amount of ground between sucking up and being abusive. And yeah. <laughs> you can, you can, there's a lot of politeness in the middle that you go for. I mean, we're at the height of access and technology right now. Uh, we're at the height of uh, the ability to be able to upload videos, right? So many different sources where we can upload videos to and then share the link or embed the link and and whatnot and, and, and you know, record our gameplay and and send it off to somebody. So uh, there's no excuse for us not to be doing that, you know, if we have a critique. Right. And we want it, to, you know, to be looked at. So this should have been happening before, um, but I'm glad that he's kind of taking in those videos and, and, and commenting on them and saying what he sees wrong with the footage and hey we'll look into this and stuff like that because that's the type of transparency that 2k sorely needs 100 percent. and look hopefully the relationship will be more cordial with between the community and the developers cordial enough that we can have this interaction of course and uh, we'll be able to send any feedback along speaking of issues that have been resolved the pc version that wasn't getting updates on windows 7 and 8.1 of course i upgraded to windows 10 so i've have been getting those updates on PC and has been working, but that issue I've been told has been resolved. Looks like it has been. If it hasn't, uh, let me know. But certainly try those other troubleshooting uh, methods as the old the old troubleshooting methods of deleting sync bin, etc. They should work. It's, it's more likely going to be your end now, but I believe that, as I'm told, that issue has been uh, resolved. Uh, once again, I have upgraded to Windows 10, so I can't test it out myself, but that is what I've been told, so that's good news. Uh, as for the patch for next gen that's come through, patch 1.6, uh, 39 likeness updates. It's fixed some issues with micro-requests, uh, red disconnect that was occurring in the W online, and a few problems in my team as well. And has also taken uh, injuries off my team draft. So a few good fixes there. But unfortunately, an issue with you, with the saves, but unfortunately, but fortunately, rather, that has been uh, resolved now. But that's the that's the latest patch. And I guess our latest impressions of 2K22. Yeah, um, I was looking through Dizar's tweet history, and he... Um has to keep telling people because people are going at him saying did the the patch affect this part of the gameplay did it affect the pick and roll and did it affect this and desire has to keep saying things like um no update to the pick and roll happened or no update to this gameplay feature happened no update to that um so desire's kind of cleaning up the lack of transparency that's in those patch notes that are released to everybody. Um, that's why, in my opinion, it's so important for them to be more transparent and talk about everything that they're fixing, right? Definitely. Like, be more transparent about if there are no gameplay fixes, just say no gameplay fixes or no gameplay tuning. If there is gameplay tuning, which obviously a lot of it over the last couple of years has been done behind the scenes and it's been fall fallen under various gameplay fixes. You need to detail what changed in the gameplay because it drastically, uh, it often drastically impacts the on-court experience, exactly. the on-court feel on the sticks, um, the on-court happenings. Um, but, you know, I'm looking through his tweet history again and again, and he's, he, he's saying things that I wish more developers would say things like, I understand your concern. You are 100% correct in what you are in your concern and with this issue. But 
I need to look into it to, to make sure that if we, uh, you know, get to this issue, that it doesn't break something else. Like, that's the type of transparency um, that we need. And I hope that when EA Sports comes back with NBA Live, because like I said, I do think that they will, and I've said that many times before, I hope that the person that they put, the people, I'll say, because there should be more than one, the people that they put out there on social media, um, you know, community managers and whatnot, and on these different platforms, operate in that type of capacity. That they operate with transparency and that they are, um, you know, being truthful and helpful, etc. Oh, no so. doubt. And I do like that they are mentioning no gameplay changes, or no gameplay fixes, or, or anything in some of the patch, some of the tweets on the official Twitter, and of course further clarifications from from Bizarre. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And like like we said before, you know it's it's okay to to bring up these issues, but do it, but always do it respectfully, and uh, and also bring detail to the table. Uh, like you said, we're in the height of being able to easily capture the capture footage you don't need to record off your tv or your computer screen with a with a phone anymore you don't have to uh, even get special software if you're on console it's all there in built so yeah uh, give that detail and the feedback and uh, yeah once again hopefully that relationship can stay cordial and uh, mutually productive so that the game can uh, can improve with that uh, with that relationship no 100 percent uh i i still enjoy some of the gameplay that comes from phones though there's still people that do it. They're like they'll upload NBA Live 06 gameplay, and they'll like the footage is taken with clearly taken with their phone. Um, and there's just something cool and old school about it. So um, I, I thought you were talking about our friends at uh, NBA Live 2001 highlights. Those guys, yes. I'm not talking about them, but yes. And they got the number one play of the week this week for the top ten, which week twenty. I can't even believe it. I can't believe we're on week twenty. No, there's another gentleman, and his name is escaping me. Um, right now, but he has retro rosters on NBA Live 06. And I want to say he's playing on PC because it looks like there's mods in there and whatnot. But instead of recording from his PC, it looks like he's recording from his phone. And um, I'll have to send you a link of a couple of his videos, but you know he's got like all-time Knicks out there, all-time Celtics, and um, he's showing the game highlights or the full games and whatnot. And it's like, this is cool. Like, I just love the look of it. Interesting, um, yeah. I think it's Age Mendoza, I want to say. Right, okay. Um, he's, yeah, I think he's an NLC, NLC member. But, yeah, I'm subscribed to his channel, and I get those updates and whatnot. But, no, those NBA Live 2001 guys, boy, do they love it. Boy, I, do they love NBA Live 2001. De- definitely the most dedicated Live 2001 players that um, that I've encountered. Absolutely. Definitely check out the top ten this week, because it is, once again, another... Another fantastic countdown with some highlights that I'm sure were very difficult to place. Oh, my God. It's, this was the toughest week yet because we had some unique highlights in there. Like Dom 2K had a highlight where he throws a behind-the-back pass from full court that ends up in the paint, and then it goes out for a three. We had your behind-the-back pass. Um, we had a self-alley-oop. We had a poster dunk on three different defenders. But then we also had a very unique park-like dunk that happened in an NBA game. So, like... We had just a wide array of highlights. Nobody's complained about the placements. Um, I think they're just happy to be in there. But this is a, this was a really strong top 10, in my opinion. Um, and I'm just glad that people are still enthusiastic about it. I love opening up my email. Like, I, lo- I love opening up an email and seeing, like, a highlight from The Live King or from VF Baller, um, who has his own podcast. So, yeah, keep sending me those highlights because it's been pretty awesome. I did like in uh, in Dom's video how there was an EA Sports logo had been put onto the court. 
That was um, <laughs> that was quite funny. Yeah, well, no, when I first saw it, okay, listen, I'm going to be completely honest with you, and I said this to my brother. When you put certain teams on the floor on NBA 2K22 Next Gen, to me it looks like NBA Live 19 sometimes. Like the more slender players, um, overall the way the player models look, the lighting and everything. So That threw me too, when yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. When I first saw his highlight and I saw the court, I was like, is this an NBA Live highlight? Um, because it was hard to tell, but then I looked at the scoreboard. Yeah. <laughs> and also his name is Dom 2K. Um, so I could, uh, you know, tell what it was, but yeah, my initial impression was, is this from NBA live? It definitely looked that way uh, at a glance, but, uh, but speaking of putting things in the game, you know, obviously modding is a big thing we do in the community and you started a thread in the 2K22 modding section to, uh, to canvas some modding ideas and a few people have been, uh, involved with that topic and we're getting some good ideas out there. And yeah, we thought we'd talk a little bit more about that. Just the idea of having some more creative mods out there and just doing maybe some... I mean, it's always great to throw out the plans for a, a URB or UBR-type roster for the newer games or a retro-season roster or, or all these kinds of ideas. And those, those are always going to be on the table, absolutely. But some more out-of-the-box uh, ideas that we could have or things like changing animations, really trying to improve the gameplay with modding. Uh, those are some of the ideas we're trying to explore as well, or things that we haven't done as much. Because the common ideas are out there and definitely should be mentioned, as I said, but being able to think of some more creative ideas and things that we haven't really done as a modding community to really push the envelope for what we're doing with the games, um, especially since 2K22 PC was current gen, or is current gen version, a current gen port, um, for better or worse. And, and the silver lining, as we've said before, is that it means that a lot of our tools were fairly compatible to begin with and it hasn't taken Louia very long to now the roster tool is out as well as the uh, as as the hook so the opportunity to do some great things with the game is already picking up steam uh, hasn't even been out a month yet and we're really getting stuck into that so yeah we've been talking about mod ideas in the forum yeah it's, it doesn't just help the community as far as like content we get to enjoy it helps developers who are looking in like what are people looking for a lot of these ideas can be implemented on the console version including my idea which i'll get into and i've mentioned it before but like i said in the mod idea thread the opening i said this community is full of talented creators but you don't have to be a creator to have a great mod idea that's another thing that gets lost um you don't have to be a modder you know, come up with some great ideas that you know modders can feast off of and you know can get fueled off of um what are some mods that you would like to see in nba 2k22 also creators sometimes specialize in certain areas but cannot do it all who can like i said creators may have ideas about mods um they would like to see so this helps um i think this can help everybody and there's been a lot of great ideas in here as well and like you said you know like i said in there it's some people specialize in cyber spaces but they don't know how to do courts or don't have any motivation to do courts um so maybe they want to throw their hat in the ring for a court idea or something like that and they'd like to see another creator jump on that um for me i don't specialize in all areas of modding um i dabble in courts i dabble in cyber faces and whatnot but um and like makeshift stadiums but there's a lot of aspects of modding like um, certain presentation elements like moods mods his remaster project there's certain stuff like that that i kind of feast off of the community right like i'll go in there and i'll be like i hope somebody made this great presentation mod because it's not something that i know how to do or something that i wouldn't jump into and then i feast off of that and i and i put that in my game so i'm going to start with uh, the first one uh gp 2k uh 25 he says a way to configure the rules of the game in my league before the league starts including turning off the three-point 
I think this goes into a couple different things that we brought up on many different podcasts. Something that hasn't been tapped into is era specific rules. And I think that it would be, you know, modders can do it. It should be a fairly easy implementation to, um, not fairly easy, but an, a, an implementation that's possible, let's put it that way, to make it so you have the option to turn off the three-point line. Um, and maybe you have a t- an option to turn off the restricted area. Um, and you have a different set of rules for different errors. And I do think that that's going to be part of the future of gaming. I, I think so too, because it's, it's one of those things that we've... And I don't say this to disparage the work that we've done as a modern community, which I've been a part of since... 1998 when i uh, found the site or 97 when i found the site i should say and uh, started my own nba live domain back in the day but a lot of the stuff we do has been reskinning the game and we certainly alter ratings for more accuracy we've been able to create some great foreign league rosters or college rosters etc but a lot of it has been reskinning assets and while that's created some new experiences something that we haven't done as much of has been really tinkering with the inner workings of the game now we, we started to do some of that with nba live of course we found out how to change the lighting file and swap light files between games we were able to uh, re-enable the player lock that had been left out of live 08 pc um, been able to change the sim engine some years uh, as the years went by that got a little bit tougher than the file stopped uh, really the changes really <laughs> stopped making much of an effect so we, we have experimented with that a little bit over the years. And even, as I mentioned in that topic, that we were able to open the uh, what was the AIact.viv file, which is the animations file for NBA Live back in the day, and take data from different games and take animations from different NBA Live games and put them in other games. And even Jasmine found out how to, I think it was him, I know he was one of the people who was really doing it, get the AI Act file from the PlayStation 2 version of, of uh, March Madness and take animations out of March Madness and put them into NBA Live PC. So there was some really creative stuff. And we I forget who mentioned in the topic, you might have it there in front of you right now, but somebody has been talking about going into the animation files and finding out the old animations that were still there from back from 2K6. Some of them were better than the newer animations people feel, so you might be able to restore those and overwrite animations with old ones or even possibly take them out of other games, other 2K games, and put them in there. So these things are worth a try because even if it crashes the game, restore from a backup and away you go again. Yeah, I think the person that brought that up was F-E-S C-A-N-T-A-R or L-A-R 127. That's right. On the he um he brought up the animations thing i already knew that we could do that um with some of the past games like nba 2k 14 we've had animations mods that add some of their signatures and whatnot and alters um their signatures to do their celebrations i've seen it like they've had a a mod that did that made it so james harden did his celebration and whatnot and curry did his um we've had mods that alter on 2k 14 you know their how they shoot from range so instead of you know, a half court shot being a heave where they, they do like the heave animation where they throw it from their, you know, chin or whatever. It's a regular shot. So it was like the Curry 40 foot mod. I want to say what it was called. Um, and so I know that we've been able to do that in the past and we've also been able to like for games that removed Rick Barry's underhand free throw, which I think 2k 14 was one of them. So his diaper shot, um, that was added back in. 
so it was like brought over from a prior 2K back into 2K14. So, hey, look, now we have Rick Barry's diaper shot and once Wilt Chamberlain's as well. Wilt Chamberlain also had a diaper shot early in his career. So, yeah, I know we can do that. Um, and I think that I'd like to do certain things with like I've talked about the running animations on NBA 2K22 current gen where they're all hunched over and it looks ridiculous. I'd like to fix up some of that player movement to make it more like it was like in 2K19 and whatnot. So maybe I'll dabble in the animations.if file and see if I can like swap some files in and out to see if anything can be corrected and whatnot and moved over. So no, I think that's a great idea. And the rules idea we've talked about many times, and this kind of goes along too with my suggestion where, you know, a way to disable the 14 player requirement per team for my league. Um, this would help out retro roster makers in a big way. I mentioned this on the leftos podcast. It looked like it didn't make it into the game, unfortunately. Um, but that 14 player per team requirement, not only wasn't there always 14 players, um, required on a roster. Um, so like, which would impact when you make retro rosters and whatnot, but there's not a lot of available assets in the game for a lot of those teams. So if uh, somebody wants to make a retro roster that everybody can enjoy on, uh, you know, without having fakes on the bench, it would be nice to be able to disable that 14 player team requirement and maybe put it down to like 10 or eight or something like that. That way you would see a lot more single season rosters and retro rosters in general. No, definitely. And once again, I mean, it's it's worth bringing up these ideas because often we, we get uh, posts in the forum that say, that ask, uh, is this possible? And it's it's really up to somebody to, to take that initiative to try and see because, as, as I said, as long as you make backups as you go so that you can easily, if something does go wrong, okay, uh, swap in the original file and let's start over again, you can pretty much do anything you want to the games. You are not going to break them permanently. So... It's it's something I think people will, will throw out these ideas or ask if it's possible. And my response is often, uh, we don't know yet, but by all means, try it. And we, we until somebody tries it, we, we we sometimes I think we sit around too much waiting for somebody to try out this creative idea to see whether it works or not. And again, it's it's this fear I think that something's going to go horribly wrong. But as long as you've got a backup, and of course you can easily. Uh, with with Steam, you can verify the files and get them back anyway. But it's just easier if you keep <laughs> it back up off to the side so you can easily copy it back. That, just experiment. Yeah, how many times have we said in the community, "Back up your files" with a big exclamation point? Back yeah. up your files before you mess with anything. Um, a couple others, Ray Ray um, on the forums, Ray Ray underscore nine five three. He mentioned the import animations from older games, talking about Clyde Drexler's signature shot being removed, all of that stuff. So we already covered that. Um, but his other thing was modded gear dedicated to retro rosters, shorter striped socks, triple striped socks, Adidas power web arm sleeves, retro brown knee braces without sacrificing a team color to get them, etc. And um, that's kind of been lost in the shuffle in the newer 2Ks. And that was a really big thing on the retro rosters for like NBA 2K14 and NBA 2K13 was, as you know, the, the global craze, <laughs> the yeah. modifying globals and the accessories that were in the globals and creating all of that retro gear to be accurate and there were specific globals that were being used um for the ubr and the urb and whatnot and that's kind of been lost over the last few years there hasn't been as many retro rosters out there there hasn't been as many people going in and trying to create accuracy um when it comes to things like accessories uh and whatnot so i i thought that that was also a good one to bring up 
Now, I, I like the idea of having resource packs as well. And I mentioned this in a Friday Five, Five Ideas to Help the Modding Community. I like the idea of being able to compile uh, comprehensive retro art packs that could could really, that are hopefully open source, that could hopefully facilitate these retro season rosters or all-time rosters and all kinds of uh, retro projects uh, along those lines. But that you could separate it into, okay, so you've got the whole Phoenix Suns history. So you've got this, this is their, their logo from this year to that year. So it's compatible with rosters from, from those, that span. And these are the jerseys that are accurate from this span. And it would be a collaborative effort by the community. Now, this takes a lot of putting ego aside or uh, ad revenue in some cases, and certainly being willing to uh, cooperate and collaborate. But if we can do that as a community, we can put those assets out there and it's going to facilitate the creation of even bigger mods. And I think that is, to use a phrase that we uh, use a lot on this podcast, the bigger picture when it comes to modding and having those retro packs and, and face packs and and uh, even globals, as you say, that are a year specific or era specific that you can swap in and out with these different projects. But really going into this detail and having those assets there to then create even bigger mods. And, and they're already there for the community to, to make use of. And of course, you know, of, course, of course, you have to give credit and whatnot and, and people would have to get on board with the idea. But it, it could really help. Let's go to the console space for a second. So we already have upload facilities, right? So there was a game um, called AO International Tennis. I brought it up way early when we first started doing podcasts together, where you can upload venues. So basically, if I want to upload the U.S. Open court um, in venue with all the advertisements and all of that stuff, um, I could create that in the stadium creator, and I can upload it, and anybody can download it, right? And they don't have to be like in a certain mode. They can just download it. They can use it for the quote-unquote play now like exhibition matches, or they can use it in their career mode. So there's a lot of untapped potential here because what you're talking about could be easily implemented. Not easily, again, I'll say it could be implemented in the console space for NBA 2K where let's say Andrew wants to download a 92-93 Phoenix Suns stadium and floor that somebody created in a court creator. That could be something that could be in the future of basketball games where you go in into like your regular, um, you know, you're not on lot, you're not in a, my NBA, you're not in a, my league or anything like that. You jump into your download facility and somebody says 92, 93 sun's court in the stadium and you click on it and boom, now you have that stadium and you can apply it when you go into a game. Right. So, um, there's a lot of things that we're talking about here that could be implemented in the console space where it doesn't infringe on licensing, right? Because 2K, like right now, we can do that in my league. I can build out, I can upload the logos and build out like a 92-93 Suns court. So it's not a licensing issue. As long as 2K doesn't have it in their default assets, and it's like somebody that's go uploading their own material, um, uploading stuff and doing it themselves, it doesn't infringe on licensing. So this is something that could be possible. And imagine how cool that would be for retro roster makers to be able to upload. People would go crazy on this to be able to create and upload all of these classic stadiums for these um, classic teams. And then just people can go in and download them and start putting together their roster. Oh, I mean, how sure. cool. would that be? Absolutely. I mean, that's something we haven't really focused on as much. The community uploads, which 2K has. And there are some issues with that this year, I believe, with 2K22 that, that, that it's not working properly as yet. So it's kind of hard to really make full use of it at the moment, but that is something else we could do for sure. 
Right. And and people, just to give you an idea, sure, you can do that in my NBA right now and then share your my NBA. I'm talking about something where you can download each one individually or create and share one each individually. And you guys can create your rosters offline and use those things and play now in any mode, excuse me, any mode where it would be compatible. So there's a complete, there's a huge difference between those two. So I wanted to get to a couple more of these, um, kid hybrid 89 came up with one that I, I, he thinks it's reaching. I think it, it's a, it's a request that makes sense because it depends on what league we're talking about. Um, because this would help for like NCAA mods, um, certain EuroLeague mods, etc. He says, I know I'm reaching with this one, but I'd love to have the ability to somehow add more than 36 teams to my league. I mean, it's it's a fair request. No, it is. I mean, feasibility, the technical uh, method of doing it is obviously something that would need to be worked out, if at all possible. There are some limitations of what we can do and what the game will accommodate without crashing, even if you can add them, whether it's going to work properly within the mode. I mean, it, so it might work properly as far as uh, play now, exhibition play, but not necessarily in my league. But it's it's one of these things where try the, try your best, try the ideas, and look, if it's just not technically going to work, then it's a certain point you say, okay, it's it's not possible. I can't think of any other way we could possibly get this to work. But you can give it a try. I mean, don't don't just don't promise it. I mean, don't promise, oh, I'm going to do this with the game, with modding. I'm going to try and do this. So it's it's something it's it's worth trying if if you have the okay. ideas of how it could possibly be done possibly with trainers possibly with cheat engine I don't know but just it's worth a try. But again, it's a mod idea. It's not. I mean, it's a it's it's a mod idea, but it's not just a mod idea. It's a future idea that could be implemented into consoles. So, um, you know, th- this is one of my favorite ones that was put in the thread. Very underrated. Um, this is from Rick Berg. Um, he says control frequencies of stat overlays. He says in my league, but I would say in general, or when certain stats are displayed. And he puts in quotations, I love stats. Something that's been lost is, you know, the stats that, you know, when you're at the free throw line that used to, that are in like real life presentations um, and whatnot. You don't see them really. Um, if you do, it's very sparingly. Um, there's definitely a lack of stat overlays, I feel like, um, in the newer games. And it would be really cool for them to not only have more, but you to be able to control the frequency of them. So, so even the ones that are in place right now, put a um, a setting in there. You know how they say like for replays, they say occasional or often or whatever. Make have a setting like that for stat overlays because I would definitely ramp that up to often. Oh, definitely, and I have noticed that. And of course, playing two K fourteen as I have, do you remember the uh, the walking with legends overlays? I do. I mean, I they, do. They're, and they're it, great. Yeah. Well, I will say one thing with NBA two K twenty two that I think they did really well. When you break a record or where you're close to a record, they talk about it. And then you suddenly yeah. get pop-ups. That has, and it's like yeah. like the crowd will give you a standing ovation or something will show up on the Jumbotron. So I will say that um, they did a really good job as far as like the reactant when you're close to a record or going to break one. Like I went with Jordan on our My League, excuse me, on our My NBA. Um, they were like, he's ve- he's only five steals away from Don Boosie's steal um, record where it would place him in like second or third place or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and when I achieved it, a pop-up came up on the screen. It showed up on the Jumbotron. Um, the crowd gave a standing ovation. They paused, like there was like a pause in the gameplay or whatever. Um, and then when I beat, uh, you know, Alvin Robertson's record, I got the same type of thing. So, yeah, I think that, it adds a whole new element to immersion. 
with the it, game. It, it does, and and two K the last few two Ks have had that because of course I've set some records in my career, and they they pop up in all the modes, and it is welcome because it makes it it, it makes the game feel more alive that you're not just playing a game, which of course you are, but that you are immersed in this career or this my league or my NBA that you that it's creating this virtual NBA world, this virtual NBA that these records are there that you can break and that you are playing through the seasons and you're accumulating career stats for the players and so forth. So it's it's absolutely important. It is great that they've done that. But like you say, an option to increase the amount of stat overlays or even disable some or, or enable others uh, and or change the frequency of individual ones, maybe pushing it a bit too far. But, I mean, you look at all the other customization options they have in my league, my NBA, maybe not. But, but at the very least, having that setting for... Uh, for the for the frequency would be would be welcome, and I think bringing things back, and this may be beyond the scope of modding, but it is getting into the ideas of putting it out there as what we could try to mod in, and if we can't, ask two K if they can, uh, you know, put, put the idea to two K, put the idea to the developers to consider bringing back some of those things like the, the historical comparisons, the walking with legends screen, and and talking about your your current uh, a player is currently chasing down a record, uh, not just as they're getting close to it on a season record, but but um, as they're kind of as it's coming from the horizon of oh, they're actually on track to do this. Like much like if you with the Oscar Robertson one, if you're getting close to averaging a triple double, as I almost did during the regular season in two K fourteen, it kept coming up with the Oscar Robertson one and saying, Oh, we've got we've got a current player that's almost doing that now. That and that's very immersive and it makes you feel like you're actually achieving something. Like you're actually yeah. Again, there's really creating the virtual world of the the virtual hardwood, more so than the city, I feel, more so than the national open world uh, environment. Uh, that is what creates a, a virtual world for me. And it, if we could mod it, great. But if not, as you said, throw out those ideas and, and possibly they can be implemented moving forward. Speaking of creative, uh, I do have a couple more. Uh, I thought this was also a great suggestion. I have an example of where it's worked in a past game. 414 Cream City um, on the NLSC stated, not sure if this is possible, but I've always thought it would be cool to have five seconds of a player's chosen song play after he makes. Giannis has had the same song play on makes at home games the last two seasons. Every time Middleton makes a three, they play for the love of money by the OJs. So, and MLB The Show 20, um, for ps4 has the ability to do all of this so when your batter walks up you can change the song when he's rounding the bases you can add you you can you can um add a song uh, when you can change the music for post game you all of that stuff you can add your own jukebox and the way you do this is you plug in a thumb drive and you have a folder in the thumb drive named a certain way. So for, I think for MLB, the show, it's like, just like music or something like that. And you add your MP3s to that music folder, plug it in to your PS4 and just hit an upload button on the game and your music, any music you want gets uploaded. And so like for when Mark McGuire goes up for bat uh, up to bat, we have big gun play by ACDC. So we uploaded that and put that as his batter walk up. So that is actually a great idea by 414 Cream City. And that's the creative side. And I think people would really get into that. You know what I mean? Um, maybe MDA 2K worries about, um, you know, copyright issues or licensing issues or something like that to go along um, with that implementation. And maybe that's why it's not in there yet. But as proven with MLB The Show 20, it is possible. 
I'm just thinking because that mechanic is there in my career that, to pick different sounds for your player and yep. read a sound. So, I mean, if the mechanics in the game possibly could be modded, made made use of, I mean, it's there. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I see. You, but you still wouldn't be able to upload. Well, no, in the PC version. Uh, but yeah, I'm talking in, about. Oh, okay, in, in console, yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah, talking about console, yeah. I mean, it does come down to licensing issues, obviously, which is one of the reasons they've disabled sound capture by default in most of the games. Thankfully, it's back in 2K22, which is very welcome that they've done that uh, this year. So, uh, yeah, it, it, on PC, possibly could take it, take advantage of that. And you, you do notice that they do have some of those arena sounds that kind of try and imitate the uh, the authentic ones that they'll have, uh, like they instead of the Adams family theme, they'll have kind of one that sort of sounds a little bit like it, but then it goes off into some different notes. Uh, it's kind of like, well, how much, can, how much can we make it like this or, or the, uh, or theme that you hear, actually hear in Madison square garden, for example, without it actually sounding like the real one. So they're obviously doing it. And if that mechanics there, then certainly on PC that you could, uh, could modify it console. They're going to have more control over that, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of really good ideas in the thread. Um, and to go along with that one, uh, Toby on the forum stated, you know, enable 2K beats in freestyle mode, which they took out. Um, I've always thought that was a cool touch where in past games you could jump into your freestyle mode and have music playing and whatnot. Um, and I think it would add another element of immersion and fun if, again, they allowed you to upload your own jukebox music kind of like on MLB The Show. 20 and then you could have that play while you're practicing and scrimmaging and and whatnot uh i think that would be a really nice touch as far as anything else i mean there's just a lot of i don't know there's a lot of great ideas in here and i'll make sure to post this um podcast link in that mod ideas section so people in that section can get a listen and you know see how we feel about their suggestions and thoughts and whatnot but yeah there's so many different things that haven't been done to basketball games yet and it would be really cool for some of these um, ideas to be implemented in the future. No, definitely. And, I mean, on top of everything else that we've said here in the show, I would also once again stress that it is, while it is important to fix and enhance things that are in the game already, and I would certainly not ever discourage anyone if you see a face that looks really off, as uh, with all due respect to the artists at 2K, and we've seen some great faces come into the game, thanks to uh, thanks to Razor and others in recent years, Uh I mean, certainly fix that, but I think there should really be a focus on creating new things, missing faces, or what about all-star jerseys throughout the years, or all-star courts, things that we don't really see a lot of, I think, and there's, there's also that, uh, that opportunity to, be, to fill that niche within the modding community, that you're the guy, you know, you're the person to, that makes the, 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 the retro all-star courts, the retro all-star jerseys, or you're the logo person, or, or something like that. That there's value in, in being that person and, and not doubling up too much on what other people are doing. Uh, I mean, and again, don't want to discourage anyone from doing what they're passionate about doing, but I think there's value in seeing, okay, what's not being made and what would be really cool to have? Or Harlem Globetrotters jerseys, Space Jam jerseys, uh, Flint Tropics jerseys from uh, Semi-Pro, things like that. If you're the person that's making the the fictional jerseys from fiction or Harlem Globetrotters special, or special uh, league uh, foreign league jerseys or, or whatever and logos and, and courts that uh, so many niches that you can fill that uh, as we said before you know work on what you want but we, we don't need the fifth or sixth kobe face if there's already a right. good one out there right how many lebron james kobe bryant 
I mean, I think it's great that people try to put their own spin on them. And I, and I don't definitely don't discourage anybody from making those faces. Um, but it is good to create content that is not as common, uh, something else that the community can sink their teeth into. It's, it's the prime reason why I jumped on Oscar Schmidt and made him a cyber face because one Oscar Schmidt has never been made from my knowledge. I haven't seen him. Um, not at least not post on yeah um which is crazy because of how great he was in fact and how much of a le- i remember basketball player. i remember one being made in NBA, for nba live 2000 so we're, we're talking over 20 years i think since i remember one being posted i, I mean there may be one in the meantime but uh, that's the only one that i definitely remember was like live 2000 right so i i felt that that you know when i saw that request um that request came from 707 um i was like you know what that's a good request. It's some, it's a face that we don't have. I'll put it out there and, and it has gotten quite a few downloads actually in the download section. So people are, are using it and that makes me feel pretty good. Um, but that's the type of stuff that we need. You know, um, there isn't one person that I've seen really take a shot at Rick Barry, like really improving Rick Barry on any of the newer games. Uh, I know that there's been some really good Rick Barry's made for like NBA 2K14 and whatnot. So like the PS3 version, um pc version etc when i say ps3 version i mean pc version modded rick barry obviously there's been some great ones made for that um but he's in sore need of a new face and nobody tackles him so that may be the next one that i try but yeah i agree with you 100 percent. and i'd also throw out some i mentioned some examples such as semi-pro or space jam etc some completely fictional faces or jerseys and courts for a fictional league mod like a super dunk shot mod i mean that i'd love to see that this were a fake uh fake nba bootleg nba uh well, mod. thought that was a mod on the youtube section the jordan versus bard they did, thought yes. that was a mod play basketball yeah yeah no it, but and of course it, it is the uh, the famicom version as i uh, as i clarified but that'd be great to, to make for a 2k as well or i remember the crispy made some some updates like that for for 2k 11 and of course, the, the the college mods that don't have real players that are kind of like the, the college basketball games with fictional players and, and just being able to have assets to make a fictional league like World League Basketball, which is the PAL version of NCAA Basketball and Super Dunk Shot, of course. So there's, there's all kinds of things that you could make that are outside of the box as well, uh, because we do get so many official updates, obviously, these days, and a lot of the faces are getting better by default. Again, not to discourage any of those efforts, but there's so many more creative things that we can do. And look, I'll also throw it out there. Like, yes, we 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 want to promote 2K22 modding, and of course, use our download facilities, our upload facilities in our download section, of course. Or even if you just want to add a link, an external link, you can do that. Check out the video tutorial for more details, or shoot me a message if you need some more information on that. But retro modding as well. If you want to go back and do something for 2K13, 14, 2K11, 12, 10. Uh, whatever even if you want to dust off some older nba live games look our download section is there we've got the resources for it we've still got the the sections for it obviously you're going to be doing it for a smaller audience these days but look if people want to try their hand at some retro modding there are still people that love those old games and would love to dust them off and freshen them up with some new updates so be creative there as well yeah a couple things uh razor did actually uh, former NLC member Razor, he did release some faces for some of the um, new players entering the league, I believe, and for NBA 2K22, and they look amazing. Uh, so I did want to um, say congratulations to him on that. I saw him retweet him, so I'm guessing that they definitely were made by him. Um, he does a really good job with the new player faces and whatnot. Um, I also think that his spree well came out really good. Uh, the one that's you know good for the 98-99 Knicks and the 0304 Timberwolves. So good job by Razor. 
yeah, I, the upload facilities, I've started to use them more. Um, I think it's a resource that people should be using a lot more because their space, as Dibes, um commented on, their space often runs out on Mega or Mediafire. Um, especially if you have the free version, I think like the free version of Mediafire only gives you like 12 gigabytes of space, um, that you can work with. So if you fill that up, you have to delete old files and then those files are gone. Um, if those links are shared on the NLSC, which is why I think a lot of times too, we have like a lot of like missing older mods. Definitely. Uh, missing. They were in the upload facility. If they were in the NLSC upload facility, they would, um, be preserved and people could download them whenever they want. Um, so I definitely think that it's a huge benefit uh, that we have the upload facility, and I, and I think that more people need to be using it. No question here. Once again, the uh, the video tutorial that uh, Jasmine put together all those years ago still applies. Uh, if we do make some changes to the software, then we will definitely up. Uh, I'll, I'll probably have a go at making one myself now that you've uh, set me up with some great uh, great software to, to do such things. Uh, but it, is, it still applies for now. Again, if you have any issues with it, uh, any concerns, questions, just shoot me a PM uh, message there in the forum and I will uh, endeavor to clear that up for you. But uh, lots of great ideas, obviously, and keep them coming. But before we wrap up, uh, maybe we could give a shout out to some people doing some great work. Yeah, I was looking through the um, the thread earlier and we don't have a lot of mods for 2K21, at the, excuse me, 2K22 at the moment, uh, because a lot of a lot of the ones from 2K21 are working in 2K22. So there's not a lot of there's not as many releases this year so far. A lot of conversions. But, yeah, if that. Yeah. But there's been a couple threads that I think stand out and that work should be highlighted. Um Next Gen Stanchions by Artome underscore zero three. These are really high quality, and I believe he's doing local and national broadcasts for it. And it really is an upgrade in quality as far as the way they look, the advertisements, all of that stuff. So um, it's been a very popular thread. People are loving it. Uh, and I actually downloaded them. I haven't put them in the game yet. Um, but, you know, good work by him. Um, Shua Joda um, has been doing cyber faces for missing face scans, um, including guys like Moses Brown and whatnot. And the quality is just top notch. His faces are really good. Um, I encourage you to go check out that thread. Um, this is always one of the most important threads every single year because there's a lot of rookies that don't get their face scanned, especially like the lower draft picks and whatnot. So these threads are invaluable for those people that want to jump into a my NBA or, you know, even just in play now use these, you know, young new upcoming players and with a real face. So that's a really good thread and he's just really high quality. Um, Pinoy 21. I mean, how long has he been around? doing jerseys um he just released the new york knicks jersey pack uh, v1.5 and his threads are always popular because he does such a great job with jerseys and he's passionate about it i think of Pinoy 21 the way he handles jerseys kind of like i do with lagoa how he handles globals like they're very passionate about that work that they do and we talked about specializing right definitely that's his specialty and his specialty is globals. Um, Dibes is his specialty is globals as well uh another one p sam yule or PCMU 2K22 modding thread Anthony Edwards cyberface released. Uh, this got brought up uh, on Twitter that Anthony Edwards' face was pretty poor, incorrect hairdo. Um, his face didn't really look much like him. And 
that face of Anthony Edwards that he has in there is just top notch. It looks just like him. The hair is right. Um, the face is really high quality. So make sure you go and check that out and put that in your game. And then the last one I wanted to bring up, and this isn't a mod, but this is probably one of the most helpful tools. And I really wish we had this for 2K16 and 2K17 when I was modding those games. Um, NBA 2K22 Cyberface reference screenshots plus Cyberface ID full list update um, by Shua Joda. The pack comes with the ID numbers and screenshots of the faces, you know, as part of what the Cyberface ID list is. And it's like unidentified and identified and whatnot. And I can't even tell you the amount of hours I spent on 2K17 and 2K16 just putting in the IDs on Limonono modifier to check to see what the face was, right? And just having to take my own screenshots and whatnot. So this tool is just, I mean, this, this file that's being released is just so valuable. No doubt. And those are the, the resources that we need. And some of the, again, it's filling that niche of not just mods, but also tools or resources that, uh, that aren't there already. So again, encourage people to share their knowledge and share their discoveries and share that kind of information because it's, it's so helpful when we have that out there that if nothing else, if, I mean, it's never going to stop people asking for it because some people, might, if there's one thing I've learned in 20 years of running the NLSC is that some people uh, don't want to look around that much at the, uh, the at things that are already there. But if at least if it's there, we can link them to it and say, and, and there's other stuff in this section as well. So it, it's great to do. And, and, you know, hats off to everyone there for doing that. Also, uh, Ida has just released an, an all-time or 1992 to 2020 uh, Olympic uh, mod for 2K20. Uh, uh, 2K20, I made 2K20, and there's also been obviously the 2K19 retro season mods by uh, St- uh, Studio and Company. I know you're involved with that as well. The 19, uh, 1988 roster is out now, and the 94 roster is in final beta with the uh, previous season stats and already working on 1995 and 1987, which is awesome to see going back in both directions of those classic seasons. And also, of course, uh, URB by Asko Adam and uh, and Slim44 continues to go strong as well for 2K13 and 2K14. So from going way back, and also seeing some other 2K11 mods popping up, uh, which hopefully might also help me get uh, some of that stuff finished uh, at some point in the near future. <laughs> looking to do some more, especially with the new season looming, looking to uh, really buckle down over the next couple of weeks with some of that work myself, but other people doing so much work. And of course, you've been releasing some stuff as well. So lots of fun stuff happening in the modern community, as always. Really cool to see how much um, NBA 2K14 and 2K13 are still modded, especially 2K14 that, that seems to get modded a little bit more than 2K13. But um, just because it's so accessible and it's it's the, the resources in NBA 2K14 for modding is, st- is unmatched in my opinion. I it, think it's, it's the most. It's, modded it really, it really is. I think it's got the most downloads, most uploads in our download section, most files. Actually, since I upgraded to Windows 10, I had to update the uh, Windows Defender setting because it uh, it knocked out RedMC and Redditor because it thought they were Trojans, which they are safe, but they do cause false positives. Uh, so if you get that when you download them from our download section or when you try and run them on your PC, they are safe, but you do need to uh, override that security. It's uh, it's just the callback to uh, to Vlad's site that, uh, that it's recognizing or, or thinking is uh, malicious, but it's not. But uh, yes, I, I had to suddenly reinstall those and uh, put the the uh, exception there in Windows Defender because all of a sudden, oh, it's uh, it's knocked out that exe file. Yeah, the same thing happened to me actually a few times. I did want to point out because you brought that up. So NBA 2K14 is the winner um, in the upload section with 2,811 files um, in the facility. Second is actually NBA 2K13 
with 1,373 and then NBA Live 08 with 1,239. And what the funny thing about this is, is that's not even, I got to be honest with you, that's probably like 5% of actually the content that's related, probably less, because there are thousands upon thousands of modded files that are just in like the UBR and URB. Oh, yeah. Well above that. Um, in fact, I want to say that the UBR has like 15,000 or something. So that's not really even a true testament to NBA 2K14's popularity um, in modding and the amount of things that were created. So yeah, it is it is quite wild. And, th- and that's, not um, inclu- that's not including files that we've had to remove for one reason or another that have gone missing over the years. Or like you say, they're just they're big projects, but within that project, there are also thousands of files. NLC rosters, I can attest to that for NBA Live over the years. So yeah, just so many so many great updates have been made. So once again, keep those modding ideas coming and keep those uploads coming as well. Make good use of our facilities. We are paying for dedicated hosting to uh, to provide those facilities. So yeah, the modding community always does great work and we want to uh, want to support that for years to come. On top of our original content, of course, such as the top 10, keep the top 10 submissions coming. And of course, the mailbag segment, we didn't end up doing one this week, but you can send your mailbag topics and questions to podcast at mb-live.com or hit us up on our social media and of course, get in on the discussion in the forum. Just keep the conversation going, isn't that right, Derek? Absolutely. Um, I, I created my team, my NBA, uh, my career threads, etc. In the main NBA 2K22 uh, section on the NLSC, uh, please dive in there and tell us how things are going. I, I know that some of you are playing my career. Um, let us know how it's going. Um, same with my team. Share your what you're pulling from packs, your progress, all of that stuff. Um, t- tell us about your my NBA and whatnot. Um, I created those threads for that reason to try to get the community, uh, you know, to share what's going on because we love to see it. Definitely, and share your tips and tricks for those modes as well. One tip that I'll throw out there, of course, with my team is to enter every locker code that you can because you get some great free stuff. Uh, have you have you been doing that at all, uh, Derek? Another tip for my team is just get good players. I mean, that's by too. all any by, <laughs> by any means necessary. That, 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 yeah, no, I haven't messed with the locker codes or anything like that. I'm not. I'm not super. Again, I'm still. I'm still trying to get used to the mode again. To be completely honest with you. Sure, but you can get a lot of great packs as far as getting those players and free stuff and uh, and contracts and badges and everything else that you can sell or apply or sometimes the the daily agendas. Of course, the the uh, the gen- season mode agendas will uh, ask you to design a shoe or to apply a a badge to a player so it's a way of getting that extra xp to level up and of course you level up and get more rewards uh then then it starts all over again with the next season but that is the seasonal approach to uh to my team but i do like that approach as well but with that being said that has brought us to the end of episode number 395 of the nlc podcast we thank you for tuning in we hope you enjoyed it the podcast comes out every sunday on the nlsc which is mb-live.com if you prefer to listen to your podcast on the various podcatching apps we are there as well Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, to name just a few. On those platforms, search for NLC Podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that has reviews, please feel free to leave us a positive review. And now, Derek, it's that time of the show where we encourage people to connect with us. Absolutely. Uh, don't forget to submit your top 10 highlights. Uh, we had a great top 10 this week. I love seeing them. Uh, make sure to reach out to me on the NLSC forum or on Twitter at D for 384 or at D for 3G and shoot me over either the YouTube link, the Google Drive link. I sometimes can screen grab off of Twitter. Um, you can shoot me an email, etc. There's a lot of different ways you can get at me. So make sure to submit those top tens. 
I am on Twitter where I'm the most active at D for 384. My gaming channel is at D for 3G as well. Um, I recommend following both though because I talk about virtual hoops and real basketball in both as well. Um, I am on YouTube, um, D for free, and on the NLSC as well, um, D for three, and I'm a team member over there. I am on the NLSC, of course, and under the name Andrew, I am Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Center, And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, mb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>